Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test based in Annapolis, Maryland. Reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by Edward Schaefer, president of the Collegium College. Collegium Sanctorum Agilorum College of the Holy Angels is a faithful, affordable, and classical liberal arts college. It will be a residential four-year college that will provide a liberal arts education. Students who apply to the Collegium Summer Program will receive a full fee waiver for the April 20th CLT exam. Full details can be found at cltexam.com slash test slash CLT. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. Uh, Excited today to introduce you to a brand new college. Uh, Very exciting. And the president and founder of the college, uh, President Edward Schaefer. President Schaefer, thanks so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I've taken a a great deal of interest in Collegium. I actually went out to Hagerstown just a couple weeks ago uh, and spent a day with some of your staff there. And I'm really impressed with what you're building, how far along it already is, uh, and just kind of the the organic uh, idea behind this, uh, the vision for it. So um, before we get into details about Collegium, why a new college, that conversation, uh, President Schaefer, we'd love to start with you and kind of get a sense of your academic background. I know you have a, a passion for the beauty of Catholicism. Uh, did you grow up Catholic? Are you a convert to the church? And did you get a Catholic education growing up? Oh, well, um, uh, I, I'm a cradle Catholic. I was raised in Catholic schools, went to parochial school, private Catholic junior high school, Catholic high schools. Um, I started at a Catholic college. And uh, interestingly enough, there was a there was a scandal at the time, something that wouldn't be scandalous today at all in, in the so-called Catholic schools, but it was a scandal. And I had been planning to go to study with a particular individual uh, for graduate work as, a, as an organ student. And so uh, I transferred early and went there. I spent So I spent several years down at uh, Southern Methodist University. And then I, I realized that, you know, I'd always wanted to teach in a Catholic school. And now I had all these degrees from a Methodist school. So I thought I needed to go back to a Catholic institution. I went back to Catholic University of America where I got my doctorate. Oh, okay. So what did you do your doctorate in? Uh, my doctorate was in church music. Okay, okay. Sacred, uh, Catholic U is called liturgical music at SMU. It was sacred music. So maybe you can help me out with this, President Schaefer. I got to ask you this then. You know, we've got this treasury, this beautiful tradition of music in the Catholic Church. Uh, but many parishes, my own parish included, um, it's like bad 70s music. Um, has Has Catholic music, are we going to recover the beauty of this tradition? Um, and what are you doing at Collegium to make that happen? Well, um, if we recover it, it won't be in the Novus Ordo Missae. Uh, the Novus Ordo Missae was put together uh, 
with a particular intention of, of stamping out the musical patrimony and it's done a really good job at that. Wow. Um, it just, it, it doesn't, it's like fitting a square hole into a, or a square peg into a round hole. It just doesn't work. So, so if there will be a recovery of the tradition and it seems to be, it, it will happen in the traditional Latin mass uh, where this uh -huh. music, where the great patrimony was born, flourished and, and, and where it fits. Mm. Uh -huh. Okay. So Amazing. as far as the collegium goes, we, we sing uh, monastic vespers and lauds every day. And we, we're two blocks away from the downtown parish and we contribute to their music program. So we sing for the traditional Latin mass there every other Sunday. Okay. So that's where, that's where we are now. Okay. I, I, by the way, I had a great visit out there. This is just two weeks ago. Um, was really impressed by what you're, you're building there, the vision for uh, the college. Um, tell us a bit about the origins for this idea though. It's, it's not every day, every day somebody says, I'm going to go start a new college. It's a very big idea. Um, when did you start dreaming about this? Whew. Well, it, it goes back before that. Um, I had a job in a, a Jesuit school. I was there for 21 years, had a really good job, conducted the choirs. We sang all the musical patrimony of the church. It was a, it was a good, good position, and we loved living where we lived. Um, but the longer I was there, it became more and more difficult from a spiritual standpoint, the university was moving in a very secular direction and, and uh, it was harder and harder for me to support it. So eventually we just had to leave. We just, we just had to go. And it was, it was in looking for a job in another Catholic institution that I realized that this problem of Catholic identity wasn't isolated to my school. It was yeah. system-wide. I ended up at, at the university of Florida a huge state institution, uh, yeah. which I didn't understand at the time. I had never stepped foot in a public institution in my whole life. Um, I didn't understand why God had led me there. It took me a little while to figure that out. He had he had more plans for me than I had for me. And this was kind of a finishing school, you might say. I needed some upper level administrative work that, that I, I got there and was very grateful for it. Very great people, brilliant people working there. And it was a great experience. And then at one point, uh, we were we were commiserating about the state of uh, Catholic higher education, and I said, kind of almost uh, jokingly, to my wife, we were at the dinner table, and I said, uh, maybe we should start a school. <laughs> she said, she said, you know, you have some pretty harebrained ideas from time to time, and I've, you know, I've followed along with some of them. I said, but but of all the crazy ideas you had this one kind of makes sense. And, and I can tell you, if you knew my wife, that wasn't my wife talking. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was, that was my guardian angel kind of pushing her along. And that was where it started. And that was about um, eight, eight or nine years ago. Wow. Uh, and that started a slog that um, was very, very uphill. It's been, every minute has been worth it, but, but it was a difficult challenge. We got to a point we were thought we were going to be in Florida. That's where we were living. And we were sort of operating under the notion that you grow where you're planted. Mm -hmm. But there were just obstacles we were not getting past. Okay. And I actually went to high school in Hagerstown. Uh -huh. And I came back for a reunion. And after the reunion, I called one of my classmates, who was a town leader. And I said, what do you think about? a college coming to help with the downtown economic development. Hmm. 
And he said, come on up and let's talk about it. And so by the time I flew back up, he had the state senator in his office and things just started to roll. I didn't know at the time that education was in sort of their master plan for the downtown. Okay. And we we fit that idea perfectly. So this was this was God working. So every once in a while we get this reminder. Um, but this, we're just doing the work, but it's really God's plan. And so we came up, we're leasing facilities. We have extraordinary facilities here and they're all within a short four block range. There's no way we could have built and planned that. Yeah. Um, beautiful historic church. They've opened their arms to us. We're living in an 1880s hotel. There's a teaching center at the university of Maryland, a half a block away that's leasing us class space leasing lab space in a local arts magnet school. Um, the county library is our library of record. It's an extraordinary, beautiful building, nice place to study and work. Uh-huh. We're using 11 restaurants downtown in a kind of complicated system that the students have devised. Um, and it's it's marvelous. Everything is within walking distance. Hmm. And it's, it's fabulous. Hmm. It, it really is beautifully integrated into the town uh, small, it's a small kind of college town without a college. Collegium uh, is going to fix that. Um, tell us about the name. I'm always fascinated by the, the names of new institutions. You know, it's not just on a whim that you come up with a name, but tell us about that process and how you came up with Collegium. The, the name? Well, okay, so the full name is Collegium Sanctorum Angelorum, the College of the Holy Angels. And um, this goes back to when we were in, in uh, Florida, and I, um, I'm good friends with the president of the Gregorian Choir of Paris. I actually went there and hmm. studied when it was part of the National Conservatory for a while, and we became very good friends. And it's now an independent school in Paris. And I was having dinner with, with him and his wife, and I was expressing some of the challenges we were having, one of which was with the local bishop. He was just, uh, he was just very difficult. Mm-hmm. And and um, my friend's wife leaned over and in very elegant French, she said to me, Edward, she said, you must pray to your guardian angel to speak to the bishop's guardian angel to soften his heart. Mm. And and I and I did. I, I, uh, and there's a prayer that I say, I pray to the, the angels every single day. And so at some point in that process, we said, well, we'll we'll not only ask the, the angels for guidance, but we'll we'll honor them with the name of the college for the guidance they give us. And so, <laughs> so in some ways, the bishop that would have nothing to do with us uh, is responsible for the name of the school. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but so um, the angels are an extraordinarily powerful force. We don't give them enough credit for what they do in our lives all the time. And so, and there's, there's no school in the world with this name. I think we're a unique school. There's no school in the world with this name, with the exception of a medical school in India. Okay. Okay. So. And then what, tell us about the, the, the academic uh, distinctiveness of Collegium. Um, one major, uh, not multiple majors, one course of study. Uh, tell us a bit about this. What would a freshman be expecting to learn their first year? So we are, we are one curriculum. Everybody comes in cohorts, same courses. Uh, it's integrated with a work component. Every student also works. That's primarily for the spiritual benefits of work, but also it helps mm. it helps the college uh, keep the costs down. So when we engage the students, we have a process through which we take them, and it's not it's not um, 
perfectly consequential, but it's as close as we can get it, where we start with the principles of learning, those things that you pick up in logic, grammar, and rhetoric, and, and then we apply them to the physical and natural sciences, those things that you can see, feel, and touch. Mm-hmm. And, and then we take those principles further and then move on to those things that are equally as real, but that are not as visible, philosophy and theology. So there's a very clear okay. progression in the curriculum. Related to that, I think we are the only institution that does this. We've teamed up with the Advanced Institute for Physics and with the uh, Sydney School in Australia. And so even the science and math courses are grounded with a proper uh, philosophical, spiritual, and moral approach. And they're not abstract subjects. You can see what's happened in the in the world of science and medicine, where when those disciplines have been abstracted from their proper proper uh, moral spiritual yeah. groundings. And so, so we are committed to restoring that. And I think we're the only school that's doing that. Uh, nobody nobody has that kind of vision. They pretty abstract the math and sciences. So I, I think it's an extraordinary curriculum. Um, we opted not to go for a great books program. Uh, for a number of reasons, partially because um, we wanted the methodology behind the whole system. And the Great Books Program typically kind of just dumps students into a book and then sort of expect the students to sort of randomly make sense of it. So I, I, we wanted to be a little bit more thoughtful about the way we approach things. Uh, and also pedagogically, Great Books Programs are are tied to the Socratic method, and we have no objection to that. It works really well for some things in some situations for some people, but not everything. So, so we have we have a whole, a much more flexible approach to pedagogy. And so, I, I think what we do is yeah. is pretty extraordinarily and pretty unique. Yeah, um, let's talk Latin Mass if we could. Uh, you know, I I don't go to Latin Mass parish. I think I would, but we don't have anyone anywhere near nearby. Uh, we've got six kiddos, and it's hard enough getting to the local parish about two miles from where we live, but I, I, I'm attracted to the beauty and the timelessness um, of the Latin mass. Can you, you know, we've got a lot of, of, of listeners right now who aren't Catholic, uh, much less, you know, versed in, in kind of these discussions within Catholicism. Can you kind of take us from Vatican II to the present day and just give us some general insight in terms of the place of the Latin mass within Catholicism and then how collegium hopes to play a role in making it more, more widespread again. Uh, sure. That's a big question. Uh, I'll take a piece of it anyway. Um, certainly, certainly the music of the mass is a, is a key component and the music, the chant that we sing and the great polyphony grew up hand in hand with, as, as the liturgy developed and, and became yeah. more elaborate and, in fact, Western music, Western music is the only indigenous music in the world where polyphony, where its indigenous music is polyphonic. Mm. Um, oh. and it's, it's a gift from God. Um, it's, it's extraordinary. And like many things, the greatest music of Western civilization, like many things where the church actually contributed to the development of Western society, it's true in music as well. Mm. Now, with regard... With regard to the Latin Mass, I think I'm going to take the question in a slightly different direction, if you don't mind. Um, we're we're committed to the traditional Latin Mass for a couple of reasons, and I think it's important for people to understand this. Um, 
And when I say committed, I, it's an intrinsic part of who we are. We don't accommodate it. It's not, we're not a Catholic smorgasbord uh, where everybody sort of picks and chooses. We're, we're absolutely committed to the traditions of the church, the perennial teachings of the church mm. and her perennial practices. And, and we're that way for two reasons. The, the first reason is from an academic standpoint, and that is that if we're committed to this, the teachings of Augustine and Aquinas, the church fathers, the great saints of the church, it only makes sense that our spiritual formation is tied to the mass that nurtured their spiritual growth and development. Uh-huh. To make that, to, to disconnect that is, is, is sort of a, uh, what would I say? It's a, it's a travesty to the academic experience because you, you, you've created a massive disconnect between an intellectual and spiritual formation. Now, the other, the other piece of it is, is, is perhaps even more important. Maybe some of your people know this statistics and maybe they don't. So young Catholic, young Catholic adults today uh, are practically an extinct species in the church. Depending on the studies that you look at, Young Catholic men and women between 18 and 32, somewhere between 80 and 92 percent of them are no longer attending mass regularly. Well, well, yeah. However, if you take that data and you filter it for those people that come from and regularly attend the traditional Latin mass, the regular mass attendance jumps to 98 percent. So. If you think that attending mass, which is sort of a minimum bar, and staying close to the church is important for your salvation, then forget about what you hear on the internet about tradies. The data says you need to embrace tradition. Mm. And and so we do. We do for the benefit academically of our students, and we do for the benefit of their souls. Um, beautiful. Okay, so so fully embracing, not just accommodating uh, the Latin mass. Um for the recovery of the Latin Mass, the practice of the Latin Mass, for it to become widespread, um, does it need to come from from higher ed? Do the colleges need to play a part in this recovery? Yes, I, I mean, college is the place. College is the place. In fact, we we tell families when they come and visit that that our primary goal is to help young men and women transition from lives at home to in, independent lives with their faith not just intact but strengthened and and having developed the intellectual tools, the spiritual tools, and the resources to live lives of virtue that will get them to heaven. That's the primary purpose of Catholic education. Uh-huh. And so I, I don't see how Catholic education can ignore this, what, what we're seeing in the studies and where things have to go. I mean, the difficulty is that most Catholic institutions have kind of um, taken a path of accommodation to the secularization of society and they're more concerned about their numbers and other kinds of issues. And so mm. uh, become sort of dressed up vocational tech schools uh, with a sort of a facade of Catholicism uh, or it's maybe Catholic light. I don't know what you want to call it, but, but, but I, I don't see how Catholic higher education can continue to call itself Catholic higher education unless it returns to its roots. Mm. And, and there's nobody doing that. And that's why we're doing it. Okay. Now, um, Next steps, if we've got students, parents on, on li- listening right now, um, I've heard that there is a summer program. I, I know that. And, and by the way, when I was out there, um, I met some of your students, some, some great students. 
uh, that you've already got first year. Uh, but if students want to come and explore, um, I know you've rolled out a summer program. There's a couple of weeks available. One is already full, but there's another one, I believe, in July. Uh, what are the dates of that program? And tell us tell us a bit about that, if you would. I think it's from July 17 to 23. I'm pretty sure those are the dates. Okay. Essentially, it's an opportunity for students to come together and experience what it's like to be a collegium student. So they'll have, we'll have mass. In fact, we're working with a Benedictine monk. I, I believe he's, he's doing some medical testing. If you pass the medical test, then he's going to come. And he also does a Byzantine mass. So, so we will have a Byzantine mass that week as well, once or twice. And we're very excited about that. Um, we, we sing lauds and vespers according to monastic form. And so he'll be there for that. We'll have daily yeah. mass. And, and then they'll have classes. They'll have two or three classes they can choose from. So they'll have a spiritual academic component. And of course, we'll mix that in. It's the middle of summer. You got to have some fun. So we're going to, we'll mix that in with various activities. So they get a chance not only to meet each other, but to uh, experience the local community and everything it has to offer. And we'll keep them busy for a week and hopefully they'll make some great friends that they'll keep for the rest of their lives. And then they'll come back and become students at the Collegium. Fantastic. Um, and if you are a CLT student, you can actually uh, register for the CLT for free if you are applying for the Collegium Summer Program. And so uh, if you go to the CLT website, cltexam.com. President Schaefer, question we always end the Anchor Podcast with. We always love to talk about books here. I'm wondering if there is a book that has been that you would describe as kind of most formative for you if we were thinking. Maybe it's a book you come back to every year. What would that be? Yeah, well... I'm a professional musician, and and actually a lot of the a lot of the the music manuscripts have been extraordinarily formative. Most most of what I know about Catholicism and theology have come through music. However, just in terms of text, um, one book that I keep at my bedside um, and I come back to it regularly. Um, I, I should do it daily, but I, I get sidetracked. Is the Rule of Saint Benedict? Mm-hmm. Um, I am a I am a, a oblate of the Clear Creek Monastery. I've been an oblate for um, 15 years or more. And um, that influences the, the culture of the society. It actually, it actually is the foundation for my job description as president. And it's an extraordinary book about how to live a Catholic life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some things in there that are strictly at, apert, uh, pertinent to monastic life, but most of the things in there are, are quite extraordinary about in the way they can be applied to our every, everyday lives. And we can sort of take that sense of the compl- contemplative life and bring it into a more active life. It's an extraordinary work, extraordinary work. Mm. Love that. Uh, again, we're here with President Edward Schaefer, uh, the founding president of Collegium College in, in Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, again, it was great to get out there and meet your, your staff and some of your students uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, really beautifully integrated into the town of Hagerstown, Maryland, which is a charming little small town in kind of the, the foothills of the Appalachians there. Uh, President Schaefer, congrats on the, the success so far. And students, parents, definitely check out the summer program. Uh, looks like a great opportunity. It is July 17th to 23rd. Thank you, Judy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.